Here is a sermon message from Somerville Community Baptist Church. To hear more sermons like this, please visit iloveSCBC.org. All right. Well, I'm glad you're here today, uh, worshiping with us here at SCBC. Uh, we've been in this series called Character Under Construction. Would you repeat after me? Character Under Construction. You know, I designed and started this series uh, under this, this, this compelling um, uh, for a lot of people's needs. A lot of people have come and talked to me, and they have wrong understanding about being a Christian. A lot of people, their understanding about being a Christian is as if they, once you are forgiven, you receive Jesus Christ as your Savior, that you are transported from point A to point B, okay? Now you're a sinner, now you're all clean. You couldn't do it, you're dealing with all your temptation and problems, now you're all temptation-free and problem-free. And we know that that is not true, right? Our Christianity is not about from point A to point B. It is about journey. I want to say it's a risk-taking, fruitful, and, and just a worth journey that God has given to us. We need a lot of work. That's why our Christian journey is also called, it has to be, under construction. Uh, we talked about how we have to deal with anger and bitterness last time. We talked about this righteous anger and then also unrighteous anger. Anger is not always bad. It's about how you deal with those anger and bitterness. But don't let the anger you know, sit inside of you. Because it's like a little seed can be planted and germinized and grow and it will bear those fruit and deadly poisonous fruits. And today as the second week of our series, I want to talk about the subject of temptation. Everybody says a temptation. And I entitled today's message, Overcoming Temptation. Overcoming Temptation. I came across a story, a story about a boy who wanted to buy this 10-gear speed bicycle, and his strategy and plan is to save all the changes, um, you know, the nickels and dimes and quarter, even pennies. He's been saving and saving and saving up to enough money to buy those new, uh, that new bicycle. And he's been working so hard, and every night he's been praying, you know, kneeling down right next to his bed, and he was praying, Lord, please help me saving all these changes and coins. And he also said, oh, by the way, Lord, please not, uh, let you know, this ice cream man and guy never come to the street or never encounter me. Okay? Um, and, and, you know, that that's the temptation. I believe that we are all going through the temptation. If you're honest with me, including myself, the temptation is just something that we are always dealing with. And I'm sure that many of you are going through some temptations. And some of you have come, came, have come to me and talked about it bravely, while others of you are still just put that in your heart and hidden. You don't want to deal with it, but something is inside there. Um, one thing that I know, even though I do not know what kind of temptation that you are struggling and going through, one thing that I know is we are all going through the temptation. Temptation has begun when sin has come down to this earth from Genesis chapter 3. And I believe that temptation will never end until the end of the book of Revelation, end of this word. That's the temptation. Before I begin my sermon, I'd like to give you 
two initial thoughts on temptation. Okay? The first initial thought about the temptation is this. Jesus understands our temptation. You ever thought about that? I want you to put that in your heart. Jesus not only understands our temptations, he can relate to our temptations. There's a big difference. He understands and also relates to our temptations. As a minister, I've been getting a lot of opportunity, and it's my privilege that people come to me and ask for prayer, and they're just coming with so many different um, prayer requests. You know, among there are so many different prayer requests, especially if you guys are coming with one of those three subjects, I can relate to it. And I see that my prayer is different. You know what the first one is? First one is any health issues. If you are dealing with and any, are you struggling with any health issues? Somehow that you're diagnosed with cancer and having transplant and then leukemia, all different problems. When you come to me, I can feel that and relate to that. My prayer is different. I know the Holy Spirit, as I was praying, sent out the Holy Spirit. Why? Because I was there. I was once experienced physical trial. And especially those who are coming with your pregnancy issues, you try to have a baby, but somehow you're not able to. Whenever I hear that, I can relate to that directly because I know I was there once. Three years of trying, perhaps more. We're almost, we're losing our hope until the God has given us, you know, grace as a miracle. So whoever come and ask for prayer of somebody who's just trying to have a baby, a Nova, and I know I can pray with my tears. And also someone who's um, coming with their immigration issues, you know, those document issues. I know I was once there. I lost my home once because of all this, so to say, but this so you know, complicated immigration system here in the United States. And now the thing's getting harder and harder. Whoever come and see that struggling with getting a student visa, work permit, or even getting a you know, green card, I can relate to that. Book of Hebrews chapter 5, 4, verse 15 says this. We can read it all together. We have Christ who has been tempted in every way just as we are, yet he did not sin. Now, I want you to read this yourself one more time and let those words be soaked into your heart. Try to understand what this really means. We have Jesus Christ who has been tempted in every way. I want you to just focus on every way. You know what that means? I thought that Jesus Christ, before, he was tempted only by a few things. By power, by popularity, by some physical trial, right? And the Garden of Gethsemane, especially on the, the cross. That means, I can speculate, which we're going to talk about, when Jesus Christ was led to the wilderness, 40 days and 40 nights, he was praying and really tried to you know, getting and overcome those temptation, he was struggled with those temptations. Perhaps one day at night, when he was praying, and those naked women was coming to his thoughts. You know, the, the other day he was having this desire to have this devour those food. Perhaps the other night he was trying to have to earn or gain the power and popularity. Think about all the temptations that we are going through. And I believe Jesus Christ was going through that too. You heard about that? Think about it, you know, and that's what he says. 
That's why when we are going through our temptation, don't make yourself feel bad. When we cry out, when we cry out to our Lord Jesus Christ, He's not only understanding, but He's going to say, David, I know what it's like to be human. I know what it's like to be tempted. I was there. I was struggled by all these temptations. But you know what? Not only I didn't, uh, not only I was struggle with struggling with those temptations, but I was able to overcome. Tempted, but did not sin. Let me tell you how. That's our Lord Jesus Christ. Is. The second thought is when you're going through temptation, I hope that you'll be encouraged by this initial thought that Jesus Christ understands and relates to your temptation. The second thought is this. Temptation is not a spiritual witness. Can you agree? Temptation is not about your spiritual witness. A lot of people, especially very traditional and conservative Christians, they feel horrible, they feel terrified, even having these tempting thoughts. I mean, think about that. Jesus Christ is not even beyond the temptation, right? He was tempted. When he was tempted, it was when Jesus Christ was highest peak of his spiritual life, immediately after the baptism. Remember the baptism? When Jesus Christ was just about to begin his you know, ministry, he walked down by the Jordan River, and there was his cousin John the Baptist was waiting for him, and praising, here's God who's coming. And when he was baptized, there's the Holy Spirit, a form of dove. There is a word of God coming down from the heaven saying, this is my son, my beloved. Think about that. And in chapter 4 of the today's passage, in verse 1, it clearly said, when Jesus Christ, he was, uh, he, his, his spirit was full. When he was full of the Holy Spirit, that's when he was taken to wilderness. So holy, the temptation is not about spiritual weakness. I don't want you to judge yourself and, you know, just... You know, just, just you know, humbling yourself. I mean, the, you know, harming yourself with this thought that I have a temptation of that. I'm not a good Christian. Everybody's going through this temptation issues. That doesn't mean that you are spiritually weak. Perhaps if you are buying that temptation, and that's a different story. But we're going through all different temptations in our lives. Today's passage is taken from Gospel of Luke, chapter four, verses one through thirteen. How many of you know the story? The story of Jesus Christ's temptation. Just few of you? Okay. I mean, I assume that most of us know, right? From our Sunday school, our youth group, from our Bible study, we learn about this, you know, uh, temptation of Jesus Christ. And I believe that today's passage is really giving us two backbone lines for help us really understanding and overcoming those temptations. The first one is why Jesus Christ was tempted and how we can overcome. Simple. Why he was tempted, and how he was able to overcome those temptations. Let me give you just briefly those two thoughts on each um, you know, item. The first, he was tempted, I believe, to glorify God through divinely designed testing. By the way, do you guys know the word the temptation in Greek? And then also the word temptation, um, no, testing in Greek are the same words. It's from the same root. James chapter 1, it talks about temptation and then also test or trial, especially test. And when James was using, he was using the same Greek word. 
So temptation is not always a bad thing. Temptation is another form of testing. That we know that God never tempted us, right? It was just Satan, but God can allow the temptation. The same way that what happened to the book of Job. It was Job, it wasn't his fault, it was a righteous man, but it was Satan with the allowance of God and start tempting and giving him tests. And I believe that Jesus Christ, immediately after the pinnacle of his, his spirit, he's ready to go to ministry. And he was taken by the Spirit. Verse 1 and 2 says this, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan, and he was led by what? Led by the Spirit into the wilderness, where the 40 days he was tempted by the devil. I don't know, for some reason, I guess it's probably a mistake that we were always giving to our, you know, during our Sunday school. I thought that Jesus Christ was only given three temptations during those 40 days, as he was praying. But according to the Word of God, he was tempted days and nights for 40 days. Can you imagine that? He was tempted in all different kinds of temptations. And I believe those three are the main temptation that I believe the, the Holy Spirit inspired the scriber so that we can learn when we are in the midst of our temptation. What's interesting about the Jesus Christ being led to the wilderness? The Bible said it wasn't Satan. It was the Holy Spirit. Do you know the word the Spirit here? There's a Greek word, pneumatos. That's from the pneuma. That's Holy Spirit. So somebody says it was, take, it was Satan who took Jesus Christ into the wilderness? No. It was God who designed this testing and temptation. And for what? I guess there are two reasons. Number one, through this temptation, now that Jesus Christ is ready for his ministries, right? Think about that. Now, he's been preparing for 30 years. Finally, he had this confirmation through the baptism. He's so excited right now. He saw this proof of the Holy Spirit and God. His spirit is soared. He's ready to go in ministry. And remember that God led him to the wilderness. Why? Because Jesus Christ wasn't God only. He wasn't only divine only. He was also the human being. Perhaps there's a small side of the human side of him to try to do everything with his own might. And God wanted to make sure that he's ready. Those 40 days and 40 nights that Jesus was able to be tempted so that he can relate to the human beings and also people that he'll be able to empty himself and ready. And when he resists those temptations, and that brings the glory to God. How many of you really think about the temptation as always a bad thing? Don't ever think that way. Think about the temptation as a great opportunity for you to overcome and how much glory that you are going to bring to our God. Take the temptation as a great opportunity. When you're tempted getting excited, I know it's tough. Even that the marshmallow, that the little things can really tempt in those little ones. But I believe the temptation is a design. Not all, but many of the temptations are allowed by God, especially to us as Christians. So when we, tempt, and when we resist those temptations, with the help of the Holy Spirit, I believe we can bring all the glory to Him. Amen? Now, the second reason that Jesus Christ was tempted, I believe it is to uncover the tactic of the devil. Think about that. Who can be 
uh, more desirable or most difficult person for Satan to tempt? Jesus Christ. When Satan perhaps is able to tempt and win and win and make a victory over that temptation, and I believe he can win anybody in the world. He did his best. He got his best shot there. And among all different temptations, and I believe the scriber put those three temptations to give us a lesson. Because those who are the ones that we can relate to. And those who are probably the most common temptation that we, got, we are dealing with. Jesus was tempted to show us and help us understanding, also find our way to actually overcome and those temptations as well. Now, let's talk about those three temptations. Now, what was the first temptation? The first one is turning stone to the bread. What's the second one? Satan took the highest point and worshiped the Satan. You'll be given all the world. What's the third one? Satan took him to the pinnacle, the highest point of Jerusalem, the temple. And when he threw himself down, and third time, Satan even used scripture, right? Um, it's from this Psalm in chapter 91. He said, when you throw yourself, I know your word, your Bible, your God says, angel is going to come around you and hold you. So your foot is not going to hit those rocks and her. And those three temptations. Now let's analyze those three temptations. What are those three temptations really referring and talking about? The first one, turning the rocks into or stones into bread. It's about our physical desire, right? You're hungry. He's been fasting for 40 days and 40 nights. He was hungry. I wanted to meet my physical desire. We can probably expand a little bit about the physical desire of having more, wanting to have more, living in a better house, having a great car, you know, earning more money, having more possession. The first temptation, I believe, relates to our flesh. Okay? Having more. Having more. It talks about flesh. That The second one, it, I believe, talks about power. When you worship me, that is Satan, that you'll be given all the whole world. You'll be gaining in this power. And the third one is popularity. Think about that. When you jump yourself and throw yourself down, and then, because at the time, the Jerusalem is so busy place, a lot of marketplaces around, and then when he jumped, and an angel came up and hold him, and how visible that will be, right? Wouldn't that be amazing? Oh, you're like superstar. Probably showing that one sin will be a lot easier for his ministry. That's popularity. Flesh, power, popularity. Flesh, power, popularity. Those are three main subjects. Can you just look back on your life and think about that? Any one of those three subjects of temptation that you are dealing with right now, perhaps that your kids and your job and making more money that's prior than God, and you're tempted to do that so, and perhaps you try to do to make yourself showing off, and perhaps you wanted to have more power to do God's ministry. All those three subjects are the common for us as a temptation. Now, what are the tactics then of Satan? Those are the subjects, the three subjects, and how the Satan was trying to tempt us and let us down with those three subjects. And I believe the first one is this, 
Temptation of compromising identity. Would you repeat after me? Temptation of compromising identity. What do I mean by that? Isn't that amazing that two out of three temptation, it begins, Satan begins with this phrase, if you are the Son of God. Think about that. That means if you, this is your identity, if you're God, then prove that to me. That's how Satan works. I know you're the Son of God, but if you are the Son of God, and prove your identity by being compromised. Okay? Turning stones to rock, or just throw yourself. That's not the right way. But that's how Satan is telling you. What is our identity? We are sons and daughters of Jesus Christ, right? We are the servant. We, our identity is Jesus Christ. But what Satan tries to tempt you is to use different means. Perhaps education to prove who you are. Perhaps possession, money, the house that you are living, the cars that you are driving, and use those to prove yourself. You ever been there before? God is telling you that Satan is always tempting us by asking you, making this compromise your identity with these wrong means or wrong things that you do. The second tactic that Satan is trying to tempt us and tempt Jesus Christ is this. We can move on. Temptation of taking shortcuts. Repeat after me. Temptation of taking shortcuts. Now, the, one of those three temptations, the Satan says this, if you worship me, you, it will all be yours. In other words, if you worship me, if you're taking this shortcut, a quick fix, quick fix, and everything that will be given to you. How many of you are really dealing with this temptation of taking shortcut in your life? You know, our generation is called instant gratification. We always wanted things just quick and quick and quick. Actually, I have one confession that I wanted to make. I think it was a few months ago when Mina and I were driving to someplace else. Uh, we're actually out of the you know, state, not out of this you know, Massachusetts state. I believe we were driving to Maine uh, to visit Pastor Big at the time. Um, we stopped by McDonald's for our lunch. It just happened to be just lunchtime. And I've never seen that, that line in my life at McDonald's, okay? To me, this fast food is fast. You know, you should get it from like within a minute, if not it's two or three minutes. But we ended up being stuck in that line of ordering and picking them up after, after you pay, probably about like 15 minutes. You know how, how mad I was at the time? And if I had a bomb, probably like threw the bomb <laughs> at McDonald's. Really, I was so mad. And I thought about it as I was preparing and reflect on that incident. I call it this incident, okay? And why I was so mad, it depends on it also, first, as my character, right? But I think mainly because I've been exposure to this culture, culture of instant gratification. Think about Twitter, think about Instagram, think about all these Facebook messages. Now you have a phone and every single you know, word that you can reach out with one finger to the way, we're so used to it. But God doesn't work that way. God has his own timing, amen? God has his own way. 
And a lot of times we're tempted to take a shortcut to do it. And the problem is, we always put God to blame later on if that doesn't work, right? Lord, I tried this, I tried this, and you never let this happen. All the blame goes to you. No. With a God's timing, that will happen. The second tactic that Satan always doing is what? Taking shortcuts. I hope that you'll be able to hold on those two tactics that Satan is using. Then three subjects that we're talking about. Let's review before I finish my sermon. What are those three subjects that Satan is always using popularly? The first one is flesh. Our own fleshly desire. What's the second one? Power. We're not talking about, you know, you know, Trump gaining more power or this politician trying to gain more power. No, it's about you influencing, you know, probably as, as little as you were thinking of yourself as you're gathering in the church meeting because you wanted to get more power. What's the third one? Popularity. A lot of times we try to do God's work because of popularity. Oh, I want to show myself off. Oh. Right? Am I holy? Look at me. I'm doing great. How about you, sinners? Right? That's how we do. To be mindful of those three. Our fleshly desire, power, and popularity. And how Satan really um, uses uh, you know, those strategies to tempt us with those three subjects. First, try to confuse your identity. Remember, the Colossians chapter 3, it talks about we are the new creation, especially verse 3. And this writer used very interesting expression. He used that we are hidden, okay? We are hidden in Christ Jesus. What, do we, what does that mean? That means our identity should be showing up through Jesus Christ. It is that Jesus Christ will be shown. Our identity, the way, we to, the way that we prove ourselves is through Jesus Christ. And then the second and last tactic that we talked about is what? Never take shortcut. Never take shortcut. That's what Satan tried to do. Oh, this is easier. This looks faster. You see that? You know what? Take, take this right, right there. And then you get this result immediately. Don't wait for months and years. That's so stupid and dumb that you're praying for the months and years. That's what Satan tried to do. I hope that you have that in your mind. Put that in your spirit. So that you'll be able to overcome all the invasions and, and from our, not our, from the Satan and devil. So you can overcome all these temptations. Amen? Never make any excuses. Because God never said that he is the one who tempted us. It is us. But also, word of God from the first um, Corinthians says, when we are tempted, God is going to give us enough strength and power and then help us to find a way out. Remember this, temptation is not something that you can deal with by yourself. Temptation is also another way of testing to make sure that you use and turning the temptation into your triumph so they can bring all the glory our Lord Jesus Christ and our God. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Our Father God, we'll learn today that Satan's trying to use a very popular topic and the subject that we are dealing with. And he's also using very peculiar this tactic 
that he has. I ask you, Lord, as we learn today, may we be guarded ourselves. May we be ready to fight those temptations that we know that we can do by ourselves so that we open ourselves to receive the Holy Spirit. Let the Holy Spirit work in in and around us so that when we resist and overcome those temptations, so that we can bring all the glory to our God. We pray for all. Now, the only Savior, Jesus Christ's name. Amen.